like less noise, noise yeah, in general. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Give me a check real quick. Check one, two. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. I'm good. Yep. Like Add backside attack. Advic save. Uh, provincial. Provincial. We're here. We're inside today. Yes. Instead of being outside. Yes. This like is, we uh, this, is, this is kind of a return to norm. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it kind of feels nice to be inside a place where uh, you know, like nobody's all completely masked up. Yeah, and you see mummified. Like, yeah, ra random strangers just walking in the back. Well, you can see some of them, but like they're. Well, I mean, there's a few. We're going to do, I mean, if you're watching us on YouTube, we're probably doing a Passover. Uh, we're we're going to do some Passover shots with like, yeah. the uh, with the camera inside mm -hmm. a little bit. So you get a good idea of what it looks like. But this is our, our buddy's place. Yep. Our buddy's plural. He's right there. He's right behind us. Yep. Danny's back there right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, he, gave, he was gracious enough to let us uh, sit down and watch the UFC over here and talk about it. Yep. So we're going to do like a bit of a pre-show, I think. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move in from a pre-show into the uh, into like the main the main show. We'll watch it and then we'll wrap afterwards. Yeah. So that'll be kind of fun to get a uh, an idea of like a before, during, after type deal there. Absolutely. I think I'll you're, you're dropping me with like uh, co-host dead air here. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I'm up um, for it. I had earlier we were going to talk. There's a song on the radio. It's Hall of Notes. Out of touch. Was that what it was? I don't think I don't think it's out of touch. It was mm -hmm. uh I don't know. It was one of the one of the happier ones. Because mm -hmm. out of touch is kind of dark, right? Like you're out of touch, you're out of time. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that, yeah, it's a little bit darker. Out of touch, yeah, yeah. Darker. they're playing out of touch right now, right? They're playing it right now? Yeah, they're playing it right now, yeah. I don't know, I can't yep. hear anything with these, uh, the new cans on. But they had a, they had... Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is it? They had a Hall Notes song on earlier, uh, a long time ago, when I was driving uh, Mail Route. I was driving a Mail Route for a medical delivery service. Mm -hmm. There's this dude, I can't remember what his name was. It was like Chad or Chris or something like that. Super nice guy. But like, um, like, not the kind of guy you'd assume was like a, a rock and roller. Yep. And he was going to bring his MacBook. He had like a brand. At that time, MacBooks weren't like a big deal. Like if people had them, they had money. Yeah. You know, it was like you were either a screenwriter or like, you know, you were a student with rich parents. Yeah. Mom and dad bought you a MacBook. And he was, uh, he was going to bring the MacBook to show me how Windows boot up happened. But he had a lot of songs on it. And a lot of them were Hall & Oates songs. So he had tons of Hall & Oates. But then while we're driving around, he set his MacBook on. And he's playing all the Hall & Oates. And then he starts singing along to it. I swear to God, the guy had a voice of an angel. Oh, yeah. It was incredible how good his voice was. Well, if you can sing uh, "Out of Touch" with heart, I yeah, mean, that, that's uh, that's um, you, you're gonna you're gonna pick up women whether you like it or not. I felt like this is the kind of guy who goes to karaoke, sings Hall and Oates, and then like in Hall and Oates, like a like a management team is there and hears him. They're like, you know what? Yeah, man, like we need some help. We need to resurrect those guys' career. Hall is Hall's in trouble, so we're gonna get. Chad from Edmonton to come and sing the Hall notes with this guy. Yeah, Hall, Hall's doing porn. We got to get him out of there. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> mm. Well, last time we came down here to try to to do the uh, the UFC episode it was packed. Yeah, it was that a big was, fight. Yeah, that was the Poirier McGregor fight. The big fight field, yeah, which turned into a goddamn fiasco. Total gong show. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was so loud in here. Uh, it was it was so loud the mics were just like tapping out. Yeah, there's no way we could have shot at that point. And no. So, and then when McGregor went down. Um, this place was just this place just erupted. It was it was either pro or con. Yeah, it was like, like for us it was for I guess for our table it was uh it was it was pro pro. I mean because there was a lot of tr there was a lot of really negative trash talk. Yeah, and then there was a um, <laughs> um and like and the table next to us was like there was a ton of brown guys, and they were just like doing that little what's that the, what's, what's that that. that the ole ole ole. Yeah, that oh 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 oh. There's like ole ole. They were doing the ole ole thing because you know, like your Europe, GSP. Yeah. The ole ole, and then McGregor's leg went, and it was dead quiet. Yeah, but these are brown guys from Mill Woods. They don't. 
they don't know. They don't, they don't know, know why anything. they're making the ole ole. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I, I, I just don't like. I think like Convergir still has a, a big fan base, but like now it's like you have to question yourself. Like, why do you? What, like, I understand why people like him because he's boisterous, but like, there's a point where you're just like, why do you even like? This guy's he's he's a pure scumbag. At some point, you have to understand that Conor yeah. McGregor is kind of he's 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 falling into the character. Yeah. Like when you watch Chael and Chael yeah, would do all yeah, the trash he's, talk. Yeah, he's turning into Iron Sheik. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Iron Sheik now seems like not the kind of guy you'd want to hang around with. No. He's become the the gimmick. Yeah, he gets he, if he gets you down, uh, he's gonna like do like unspeakable horrors to you sexually. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, I don't think he can because legs don't work anymore. Yeah, that's true. But he did to Spenny and Kenny versus Spenny. He did. Yeah, because he's yeah, he's totally uh, like. Entrenched in his in his uh in his character, in his character. Like, yeah. I think it was like Chael Chael or somebody made a good point. It's like you've uh, oh, you got some fruit flies coming our way. Um, Chael made a good point about you mark out to your own gimmick. Like to use wrestling terms, the idea that like if you're a mark, like a con, a con has a mark. Yeah. And then the fans are either marks or they're they're smarts, they're smart marks. Yeah. But like the smart marks kind of knew that Chael was doing a gimmick. Yeah. That, you know, he's, especially like Joe Lauzon kind of blew it from the first time in like an aerial interview, I think. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's full of shit. It's a character. He's a super nice guy. He's a good dude. And then when they were doing the embedded stuff and the older versions of the uh, the embedded, you could kind of see like when he's a kid, Chael's actually a pretty decent guy. Mm-hmm. But you can't say quite the same for Connor. No. He is, he's marking out his own gimmick. Mm-hmm. He's kind of becoming like a, a dumpster fire. Yeah, he's... Uh, Chael, but the thing is about Chael is like he never he never swore, ever. I I don't recall him being like that. No, yeah, he said that goes my number one rule is that I never swear. Yeah, and he said like and I know where to draw the line. I could I could believe that from the yeah. kind of character he is. And, yeah, and then he said, but when it comes to like uh, Connor, he's like I don't know where the line is. So, yeah. yeah, I have no idea what the uh, where like where to stop. Yeah, all good. Oh, we're all good. Oh, we have a oh, we have Gabby, Gabby helping out. We have Gabby helping out here. Yeah, yeah. sooner or later we're gonna get her in in the frame. <laughs> on a microphone, she's going to be uh, be on the show for a little bit later on. But for now, we're good. Thank you, Gabby. Yeah, awesome. we're all good, yeah. So, I mean, at, at what point do you realize that, uh, well, I mean, it's Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, you either either die the hero or you live long enough to sell, long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, because, like, Connor's just, like, well, the thing is, like, there's no one to, like, tell him no. Yeah, I mean, at that point, who does, right? When you have that much money, it's like, I can do whatever I want. He and can so. do what he wants. His family won't tell him no. They're living off his uh, his fat hundred hundred mil. Yeah, his Mayweather money. Yeah, exactly. Or if not more now, because he sold his liquor, his liquor brand. His proper twelve is gone. Mm-hmm. That was you were saying was a pretty big sale too, right? That wasn't like a. Well, from what I heard, like, uh, but we'll have to like, uh, um, we can do we can do uh, research that research, research that. But like, yeah, it's like he, you know, it's I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he made a ton of money off that. So well, it's like Marvel Comics money. Yeah, like he doesn't have to, he doesn't need to work anymore. No, I mean, well, I, you know, he should maybe make some. Like, buy some property, get some rental properties. He should have a couple of VRBOs just in case because, like, people who have that kind of money and go full hillbilly. Yeah. Like, there, there are countless stories of fighters out there, Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. now being a really good example, who they live that character so large mm-hmm. and they do not invest. They no. don't have rental properties. Next thing you know, you hear about them being broke. They got nothing. And you wonder how it happened. Well, yeah, because everybody wants your money. Yeah, there was that 30 for 30, I think, about, like, rich, uh, rich athletes going broke. Bill Burr did a review on that. He said it's the, one of the funniest things he's ever seen. The thirty for thirty. Thirty for thirty. Yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to be hilarious. So, well, like, I guess according to him, but like, uh, funny, sad. Yeah, like sad, funny. Yeah, it's like where these like you're just like, um, uh, don't blow it, keep it simple, count your money. <laughs> There's a uh, a great line in the I think the first episode of Ballers, a Dwayne Johnson movie, because he basically plays that character. Mm-hmm. He plays a character who had it all then lost it all and is rebuilding it back. Yeah. And um, he's like, if it flies, floats, 
or drives, you lease it. Yeah. Because you don't want to buy it. Because that way, like, if something happens to it, there's a way out without losing all the equity that you would have put into, like, exactly, a house. Yeah. If it's a house, you buy it. But if it drives, floats, or flies, you lease. Yeah. And, I mean, like, it'd be nice if somebody told Mike Tyson not to buy that tiger. Because, you know, it's a lot of money and tigers die. Yeah, because he was one of the first, like, one of the first, like, athletes who, like, made, like, tons of money. Like, that was kind of unheard of. Yes. And, but, uh... But yeah, like he's like, but then like you know his manager, who was like basically his father figure, when he died, he was like, yeah, he was like leaderless. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really good point, right? You have these kids out there who, I mean, I don't think it was a uh, it was a case of him being manipulated or him being. um, No, not at all. It was just like he just used. He needed he needed someone there, like uh, like a rock, and when that rock was gone, he's like he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, we had an issue with the camera being on. We're on now. Yeah. So if you didn't see any of that stuff in the beginning, it's just because we our camera turned off. But we're yeah. back now. We're yeah. we're live on YouTube. So if you're watching, yeah. you're watching us in there. No, but it's a really good point, right? Like if you've got a person out there who doesn't really have a whole lot, doesn't really have a whole lot of prospects, or or like a, a parent, like a parent who cares about them or teaches them how to be a good human being, and then they fall into a system that they feel like, you know, the system not only takes care of you, but there are people within that system who are looking out for your best interest. Yeah. And then that goes away. Oh, all of a sudden, you're back to where you're, you are. Yeah, your framework just falls apart. Yeah. I've known people like that who were um, who were kind of like lifers. Uh, I knew one guy who was a military lifer. And when the military went away from him, when he retired after four or five years, I think it was five years. Mm-hmm. When he retired after that fifth year, he, he thought he was like no longer going to be a military guy. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. But you could tell he was the kind of guy who definitely needed it. Mm-hmm. He needed somebody to tell him what to do when he woke up, how to go to where he's going to go to, like what method of transportation to take, yeah. what to do all day long. And the second he no longer had that, it's like he just kind of deteriorated, deteriorated as like a, like a functional human being. Mm. And then he had to find other things. I think last I heard, he found religion. That's, all, that's always that's, that's helping. A, him that's out. always the default route. <laughs> that really is right. Yeah, it is. Like there, actually, I remember that in nineteen. I can't remember when the la- NBA strike in the nineties. I think mm-hmm. the late nineties when uh, Sean Kemp was like, uh, um, Sean Kemp was like one of the best power forwards. Ever like when you're in his prime, right? He was six foot ten, yeah, forty five inch vertical. That guy could like just do anything, basically, right? But when like when the strike came, uh, he needed that uh, the the physicality of the NBA, the workouts, all that stuff. Yeah. And when he lost that, he just became totally overweight. Is when he Yanny? You want to get Yanny's in gonna pop in real quick yeah, too. Get, get in here, man. Hey, buddy. Yanny. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> well, that's that's really all we need for now. Well, we'll get you on proper in a minute or two. Well, in a little bit. Yeah, when you're back. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's a good example. Right? Yeah. You've got a guy out there who really needs a structure. He needs a structure, the, yeah. The training and, like, you know, the coaching staff, the team, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's something, right? When these guys kind of I – mean, today I was reading or listening to the um, – I think it was uh, Chad Mendez on the the Joe Rogan show. Who we, we listen to. Mm-hmm. That's another uh, – if you haven't heard of that show, it's another podcast out there. Uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Joe who? Joe, experience, something experience. Okay. He's got a small show, and he has some uh, small-time people on there sometimes. Oh, okay. uh, Chad Mendez, uh, apparently a fighter of some okay. sort. Anyway, he was talking about the idea that when you've got, uh, like, the, the insurance for fighters, that when you, because that, that's a topic right now in the UFC, right? There's a lot of issues with, like, fighters not being paid well or fighters relying on uh, fight of the night bonuses to actually make their career or make their, make their personal life have any kind of meaning to, not, well, not meaning to it, but, like, you know, to... Have a home and feed your family and pay your managers. Yeah. All these team members, all these team members you have around you, kind of rely on you getting paid. Yeah. 
And if you're not being paid fairly by the organization you work for, then you're not going to be able to pay the people who you have, no. to have to pay. And especially if you lose a fight because somebody drops out or somebody gets injured, next thing you know, you still have to pay your entire management team, yeah, your, you have to, uh, yeah. your agents, yeah. your trainers, your training partners, people you bring in to help you out. Yeah. But um, it's funny how like a lot of things rely on the people around you, but that's also what ends up costing you so much. Like Mike Tyson had all these people he thought he relied on, yeah. and they cost him everything, everything right? yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah there's a... I think people have to like just be... Uh, yeah, just more no like like, and the thing is too is that one thing I've noticed is that um, in those situations, if you're in somewhere where you don't want to be, whether it's job wise and stuff like that, like yeah. I know there's it's obviously risk versus reward, but like um, if you're unhappy with what you're doing, where you are, um, where you're working, whatever, uh, just get out of there. I that life's too short. It's it's really like it's taxing on the mental health. Of, uh, I think a lot of a lot more people than we realize. Oh, for sure. That when you're stuck somewhere where you think it's like a like a dead end job, you might not think you're depressed, but next thing you know, like you you find yourself in a place you can't get out of. Yep. And jobs are like a big part of that, right? I mean, like a lot of people are stuck in dead end jobs that have no meaning, they have no like fulfillment. Yeah, that's the thing too. People are like, well, why? a lot of people make that mistake where like they're uh, they go, well, um, uh. They're working and they're like, hey, the performance is suffering. Why is that? I'm like, you know what? There's zero motivation for me to, to be good at my job. Like, I just not for me. Yeah. So you have to have that honest conversation with yourself. And be like, you know what? It's um, maybe I should move on because this this is not this is not for me. It's not you. It's me. Like, maybe you have to do what makes you happy because if you do what you're what, what makes you happy, you'll be good at it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 No. That that's what, that's that whole line, right? That if you uh, if you do what you love, you're not really working. You're not working. Yeah. If your job is doing what you love, you're not really working. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like about like maybe three or four days ago, you know how you get your, your news feed, you know, like crap comes up and you're Googling all this stuff. That show, Million Little Things, I had I've no idea. That, no. I've never seen it. I've, I've, I had no idea what it was about. Mm-hmm. I see the commercials for it, but to me it was like another one of those like uh, touchy-feely family drama bullshit things. So I just never got into it. But I, uh, oh man, we keep uh, keep losing our camera. But um, I started watching it and it was, uh, not watching I started reading about it. And it's literally that. It's one of those things where you've got a guy out there who seems to be completely happy in his life. He's, uh, you know, I think he's like a banker or a lawyer or something like that. Yep. Closes a deal, goes to his balcony of his building. Like, he's got like a little little area where he can, like, sit and relax and enjoy the, the cityscape and just jumps off. Oh, and that's, really? that's That's the first episode, apparently. Oh. A guy just, uh, that's what, like, kickstarts everybody else trying to get their shit together. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you would, you would think that that's just a... a dramatic moment engineered for an audience mm-hmm. but clearly like I, I kind of feel like that's more common than not that you think your friends are happy and you think they're they're doing all right but all oh, of a sudden yeah, like no no i i know I, I totally totally agree with that 100 percent, right yeah because like i think like that and that ties into like what we talked about like i think two years ago when we were mm-hmm. talking about how um the 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 the, the false like uh, the false like image that um that social media gives uh, people, yes, or that, or that it comes off as, yeah. So like the, the, it comes off as like people are posting their greatest pictures and stuff like that. That's not who they are. Like no. what's being preserved, being represented properly. That's just, a, that's just people like posting stuff because they're just like, they're bored. Yeah, or, they have nothing better to they have do. Nothing themselves. else better to do. I'm like, it, it's like, yeah, those are some of the saddest people in the world. It's uh, there was a girl not too long ago. I remember there was, there was an article in Vanity Fair or something like that. Where it was the same type of thing where she was a social media influencer. And she was trying to sell the idea of who she was to the world. And then she had to come clean because, like, mentally it was so hard on her. Yeah. She finally had to come clean and say, look, this is all crap. 
I'm getting people to pay like a thousand dollars to come to these events where they bring like a bottle of wine and like they bring like a, a cheese or some crap like that. Yeah. We do a picnic in the park and everybody's pretending to be very happy. But really at the end of the day, nobody is actually like nobody knew who she really was. Mm-hmm. And she was uh, like, a, what's, what's the word? The um, when you're when you're giving well, motivational speaker, mm-hmm. she was a motivational speaker to all these women out there who would show up to where she was to learn like the feet of the master type of thing. Yeah. And she was not a master. She was just some like a college student who decided she could fake her way through this life. And it just got to her. Eventually, she knew how much bullshit she was peddling, and she just had to, she had a breakdown, and then she had to write an article about it in Vanity Fair. And I don't know how real that was. That could have been a uh, doctored article that somebody at Vanity Fair, or I don't even know if it was Vanity Fair. It was one of those fancy magazines from the States that everybody buys and reads. But um, it was uh, one, of those, one of those things where, you know, you're, you're trying to live this character that you want everybody to believe you are, but it's completely hollow. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's so hollow that eventually you start to, you realize what you're doing to people yeah. and just destroyed her. Mm. It's like the, the lies she was telling were eventually going to like come back to her. Yeah. Maybe she felt like it was going to be like, you know, like uh, somebody's going to figure her out. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that was, maybe that was her coping mechanism with, that could be with depression. Yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, how could you not get depressed over that? Right? Exactly. How could that not break you? That, w- that would totally break a person. Jeez. And uh, yeah, there was um, yeah. Actually, you know what? I haven't actually read Vanity Fair since uh, Christopher Hitchens was writing for the, writing for them, or posting oh, articles in there. Jeez, They're yeah, that was a while soon. ago. R.I.P. Yeah, jeez, one of the great thinkers of modern of modern history. That was a deep cut, Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, but again, again, like I mean, did not take care of himself. Was not was not great to system. No, it was, yeah, it was sad. The he way would he, light a cigarette before he was done his cigarette. Yeah, but man, just the way he, the way he talked, he had more. What does Sam Harris say? He had more wit and charisma and charisma than some civilizations that that existed. Oh, get out of town! That's yeah. that's what Sam Harris said. Yeah, Sam Harris. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Man, that's uh, yeah. that's pretty wild. What's it? Uh, what's it feel like for you that we're back in a bar? We're yeah, hanging yeah. out in a that's good hanging out among people. I feel, I feel like this is um, uh, um, easiest thing to say is back to normal, but it's more like. Uh, um, yeah, it's just like it just feels like it's this is what we should be doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're like a human being again. Yeah, it's not like um, oh, it's not I have to go out and stuff. No, this is where we should be. Uh I didn't think that I would love it as much as I I'm, I'm loving it. I, I I'm exactly the same way, and I'll I'll tell you why. Is because I didn't think I would miss it as much. You're like, okay, you know what? I would. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll go out and we'll meet up and we'll do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. We honestly like. It sounds kind of weird that we t- that we took it for granted because it feels like something that would never be taken away from us. I, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, we really didn't realize how much uh, how important it was to socialize. Yeah, and just until get, we couldn't socialize. Yeah, like you can you can everything we're doing right now we can do it we can do at home for sure. But it is nothing compared to when you go out and do it. No, that that's completely accurate. We're we are kind of um, I, I don't know about you, me like I'm the kind of guy who will say I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to do something with the friends. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. I'm going to go out and hang out and party and do whatever. Yeah. And then an hour before the event happens, I'm looking for a reason not to go. Yeah, I have those moments. Everyone has those moments. Everybody has those. Everyone like, I'm, does. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% in mm-hmm. until I have to get out there and go, and I'm 100% out. Yeah. I'd rather play video games. Well, I'm pretty bad with that, man. Yeah, yeah. But then now when it's gone and you haven't got it anymore, uh, all of a sudden you just, you just you can't help it. Yeah, you're like, right. Like it's when you get up. Now I'm just like, you know what? The it's 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 we're all like that. I yeah. think in some form or fashion, uh, it's not good um, because uh, you come off. It, it can come off pretty bad, and so that's why I'm like, you know what? I should make a better effort to like really get. If I'm going to say I'm going to be there, 
I'm gonna go out. We're gonna do this. Uh, I should be there. So like, I I know for a fact. I'll, I'll put that out there. Like, I I should be better at that. So yeah, no, I think mm -hmm. like um, like now that we're able to to get out there, you you do really realize how much you should make an effort to hang out with your friends because it it'll, yeah. it'll go away so quick. It is, yeah. Like the, it's it's so important to like especially now because like we were so separated from like family and friends because of covid but now it's like take those opportunities and just be like don't like just because you're used to staying home and used to having a drink and just or smoking weed whatever it is right like and but make an effort to get out and like go meet with your friends go meet with your family go hang out with people you haven't seen in a while get in contact with them phone them don't just text them phone them yeah, come down to uh come down to provincial just have provincial a, have a you know have a pint and just like have some you know just chill well, i'm uh, i'm gonna butcher by i believe it's 4211 106th street gabby we're good one other one oh. another one another appearance no you want another uh <laughs> want to be in the camera again <laughs> yeah go ahead gabby anything you'd like to sh anything you'd like to say hi everyone <laughs> <laughs> Gabby has been here for three years now. I think Gindy was letting us know, three right? Three and a bit, yeah. Three and a bit. And she's going to be moving, well, not moving on, but you're going to nursing yeah. and going to be saving lives and, and injecting people and making sure people are healthy and taking care of the fat slobs. No, they're not fat no, slobs. I hope so. I would hope so, right? I would hope so, yeah. Right? Yeah. That'll be rad. So I think, like, later on when you have some time, we'd love to hear about it. Get you down here and, like, sit down and talk about how it was like. Like, the transition of going from law into, into nursing. Yeah, that'd be rad. I feel like we're deer in the headlighting you. Like we're we're no, giving out too much info. I, know. I have nothing better right? to do. Well, I mean, it's a it's a neat story though, because you decided like midstream, because I think this guy kind of uh, well, pushed I, you over the edge. Yeah, I was doing a, like a major in psych, and then in high school and stuff, I was like, oh, I want to go into nursing, but there was quite a few people who talked me out of it, and they were like, no, it's like a very hard career path, like. You're going to be super tough, like, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, fine. So then I started doing, like, with Psych, and there's a program at the U of A, Community Service Learning. I got super into that and super into volunteering with YRAP, which is a really awesome organization, I will say. And it's, like, a bunch of restorative justice and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, this is what, like, law would be perfect. It would follow this so streamlined. But then I was kind of like always in the back of my head. I was like, okay, when you finish my degree, and then U of A has a two-year after degree, or lost three years. Either way, it'll work out, whatever. So then I was talking to you, and you were like, just kind of pushed me over the edge. She was like, yeah, law's good, but then you're putting 70-hour weeks and this and that. And like, you don't know. And I thought about it. I was like, hey. I'm seeing so much good. I see so much good from this organization, but there's times where really like there's not. And there's times where instead of like helping people, I'm going to have to like cut people or like stab someone in the back, which isn't like something I want to do. So I was like... Well, it's not really like, fulfilling to, to feel that way about... No. And yeah. then I could see myself honestly as much as I'd want to stay in like this like wholesome little bubble. Yeah. Probably, like you slip, right? No, so for sure, like right? Sure. A corporate stream or this or that. And I was like, okay, what's something I could do that every day I leave work, no matter how hard the day, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I help someone. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's I mean, awesome. That's, it's rare to, to midstream change a course, especially to be like, you know, like sincerely wanting to help people. Yeah, rather than kind of, you know, just deciding that you're going to go somewhere else and make a ton of money. 
be like in law because I mean like money is a big factor, a driving factor of being in law in law well, school. The thing about law is too is that uh, money is not always guaranteed. Because, That's right. Yeah, because like um, it's like my my niece. I was telling Vic that uh, my niece just graduated from law school, and she's in California and has yet to find a job. Yeah, so it's, it is very hard. And that's in California. But uh, with nursing, your skills are universal. And you can go anywhere, work anywhere, climb the ladder, and you can make as much, if not more, than a lawyer. Easily. So, yeah. yeah. And I hate to say it, but like... Just say it. No, I'm like such... I'm such a feminist. I'm such a like... I can have a stay-at-home husband. Like, he can take maternity leave, this, that. But at the end of the day, like, I want a career that I could spend as much time with my kids as possible. Yeah. Right? And, like, sit... And I'm not good. With school, once school starts, I'm, like, 24-7, no distinction between work and home. So, like, for work, I would sit... I know myself. Like, I would sit at home doing cases, doing files, like, all day. I wouldn't have... Is there yeah. like law in your family's background? Like, was there something that drove you to that direction to begin my with? Or just graduated from law, so good for him. Yeah. Um, and then that, my dad is a like he's retired now, but he was a police officer. So yeah, I guess so my dad was RCMP. So like, yes. Like yeah. Criminal justice, I guess. Criminal justice is in the family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's only natural to want to be drawn in that direction. Were there any nurses at all? Or was, it, was that like, yeah, yeah, oh, wow. Like, cousins and aunts who are nurses and then like majority are like teachers oh so it really that's was cool. like oh, in stream yeah. Jumble, yeah wow that's really something that's cool i always wondered about that how people are driven to the direction they're in as far as like what their career path is and it seems like a lot of times when you get to like law or nursing or doctors it's always like a family there's a, like a big family of doctors or a family of cops or a family of nursing like something like that yeah yeah that's something that's really cool funny though because if you're looking for a career sometimes you look to like who you know right so mm-hmm. you look at your boss you look at your family you look at this you look at that and it's like so hard to kind of look outside of that bubble and it yeah. takes a lot and it takes like a lot of influences and people you run into and people you meet talk talking about things and like giving you external opinions that maybe when you're 21 years old your parents don't give you right no. they tell you what they tell anyone parents that tend to tell you especially in our community is that what they what they want you to do rather than like uh what you think is best for yourself for sure or like what parent like what I, this sounds weird but like what they wanted for themselves yeah. oh for sure for sure yeah, yeah no that, that's pretty accurate because a lot of times you will have your parents try to push you into what they thought was going to be the best for them. Yeah. It's not always the best for the kids. Yeah. That's right? when their parents parents start like, downloading their own insecurities upon on you. For sure. And then you're like, oh, then you're paying for that. Like, you know what? I don't. I didn't really want to do this, but my parents have forced me into this. My mom wanted to do this, but to make her happy, I'll do this, and that's the wrong way to live. Yeah, definitely. My mom wanted me to be a teacher so bad. Oh, wow. She started crying when I didn't go into ed. Oh. Use the mic. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, but continue with that thought. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's just like very crazy. And then kind of it comes to a point where you talk to, it's very hard to rationalize with parents. And I'm very, very fortunate to have like supportive and loving parents and family in my life. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, there's certain people and it transcends far beyond education and far beyond career paths who 
feel so closed in mm -hmm. in themselves and are living like a fake self because yeah. they're scared of their family mm -hmm. and they're scared of what their family will say. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that's... That is definitely, definitely true. Um, like, especially in our community, it's like you have five career choices. So whether it's uh, engineering, nursing, being a doctor, engineering, uh, anything, anything outside of that is considered... Uh, um, kind of a disgrace if you don't do it mm -hmm. and that happens more often than not and then uh, and then be married at a certain point uh, as, soon as, you're done, as soon as you're done university there's a formula you have to follow if you don't it's like considered uh, shameful for lack of a better term yeah which sucks yeah yeah we are we are a, uh, a stem community yeah we are if you science don't is, uh, science is, what is it science is technology engineering engineering and math, and math. yeah oh yeah. for sure yeah. if you're not really into those things then you're kind of going to be you're going to be not, not a black sheep in the family, but you're not going to be uh, looked at the same as like if your cousin did it or if you've got a brother who's into, into yeah. like a STEM, a STEM career. Yeah, you're not going to be like, like someone your parents are going to brag about. And, For sure. Uh, that, you know, like, you know, brag to their families or other family members or your friends and be like, yeah, well, my son's a doctor. You'll be like, oh, my son's an engineer. Like, yeah. And then you're like, uh, my son's a... Uh, my son's a content creator. Yeah, my son likes to like <laughs> right? <go> on YouTube. <laughs> my, my son puts videos on YouTube and he paints yeah. and he's an illustrator. It's like... Yeah, they're yeah, like photographer. A million dollars a year on TikTok. <laughs> that's right? True, you yeah. never know. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, once I start selling more paintings, maybe. But until then, you know, I mean, at the same time, you're not looked at as the same way you would be if you were, yeah, an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. That's Western culture. Very much. Yeah, yeah really, yeah, pretty really much. Is. Yeah. That's like a Western influence where it's all like go to school, make money, get married, have kids, yeah, retire yeah. for sure. Retire. Then you could relax. Then yeah. you could sleep. It's not like yeah in Europe for example or somewhere else where it's just so laid back yeah it is like yeah. people live in their parents houses until they're 35 and that's oh, yeah. totally normal there's not this rush to move out at 18 and then make money and go to school and get a job and get married like, yeah for sure it's so chill yeah especially in Amsterdam yeah, yeah Amsterdam is oh god stone though yeah, yeah, because even your parents, yeah. They're all stoned. That's what a better life. Yeah. Right? Everybody's yeah. high as a kite that's all a, the that's time. That's how they sell their disputes. They're like, they're yelling at each other. They're like, hey, you know what? I, I know how to settle this. And they just smoke up. And they're like, yeah, what were we arguing about? I don't know. But like, uh, problem solved. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. wondered about cultures that were like more um, open about drug use and like like proper, like when you look at the U.S. when they've got like uh, the age of uh, alcohol, yeah. alcohol, can, you 21. At 21, you've got a 22-year-old who acts like a 16-year-old. Whereas over here, you've got 18-year-olds who kind of act like 16-year-olds. But by the time you're 20 or 22 years old, you're generally out of that mindset. Mm -hmm. You could still find a bunch of assholes who drink and have a hard, you know, hard partying time. They come here and they waste, they get out and whatever. But, I mean, if you're more into, uh, into like, properly educating your kids and students and children how to use and how to drink and... Like responsibly, yeah. I wonder about those cultures and how. They, I mean, I've never really looked into it, but it seems like they se they tend to do better. They do. They tend yeah, to be yeah. more responsible at younger ages. Yeah, because they intru they introduce a, like a work like a work life balance where it's yeah. like you, like I understand like you know when you go to university or, or going to work you yeah you, you put your hours in, but like yeah afterwards when you're done, mm -hmm. the recommendation is to like you know chill out go go travel for a bit you know uh, relax at home mm -hmm. don't put everything your work is not everything. I, like, yeah. What I mean is I wonder how many more people there are like the idea of being chronic, like chronic drug use or chronic marijuana use, where there, there are people out there who rely on it just to get through the day. Here That's especially, true. right? We, I've got a, I've got a guy who do. I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely here they do. In Europe, it is like complete opposite. It's more recreational yeah, use. Yeah, it's more like there's, there's, there's trust that, you know what, this is just like 
I need this just to get by, but when the grind comes back, they're they're good to go. They're okay. Yeah, like look at Germany. Germany has if you go to if you go to Germany, like uh, especially in Berlin, uh, look at the autobahn for example, right? Germany has no speed limits, but like there's they have no speed limits, but there's uh, there's zero there's very little accidents. Yeah, more up responsible. To, yeah, like up to North America, we have tons of we have tons of speed limits, it's we have tons of accidents. Telling a little kid not to do something. Yeah, that's yeah. all exactly. they want to do. That's and true. Then, like. Don't eat the Smarties out of the pantry. They're gonna overdose on Smarties. Yeah, sure. All they want are Smarties. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So, but even like with sex, yeah. Like if you're so close with your kids about like sex and it's bad and this and that, how that's, that's, like that's, that's so that's, bad. Your kid knows nothing about STDs. For sure. Your kid knows nothing about like preventing pregnancies. This, that. There's so much and drugs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like if you just say to your kid never have drugs never do drugs and story yeah if you don't say here's why or if you want to try it let's try it in a safe environment mm-hmm. yeah then like i hate to say it but like your kid's gonna go to a party for sure do a line of coke yeah and hopefully it's not laced no yeah. that, that's pretty accurate because yeah. i mean I, I grew up with tons of kids like that who, whose parents held them too tight and they just went too wild the second they had a chance to get out yeah the second they're 18 and all the reins are off and you know you're out the door it's just madness yeah you know and it's, it doesn't turn into it doesn't turn into good young adults yeah and that's the thing like when you're released at 18 yeah. which is like uh which happens a lot yeah um there's no like you're just like it's like a body without a skeleton. It's just like it's just there's oh no, for sure. There's nothing like nothing keeping it up. The wind hits. Yeah, and you're just gonna flap away. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's just, gone. just loose skin flying. Whoever the was there is gone. Yeah, right? gone. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, just sitting next to a pile of cocaine. Yeah, so oh man. Yeah, Scarface. Yeah, exactly. Full Scarface. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't rule. Yeah, there's very little. Um, uh, yeah, some people like some people just in layman's terms, people some people just not have kids. Oh, yeah. No, I, I yeah. think there's, well, idiocracy, right? The whole yeah, idea exactly, that you've yeah. got these people out there who are too busy being successful so they don't have kids who they can properly educate into being contributing members of society. And then you got hillbillies out there who just run wild, 30, 40 kids, and they're just licking lead chips. You know, they're eating rocks, and they got dirt in their hair, and then they're just yeah, they're full of maggots. Yeah. You never B- know. Banging each other. Just ba- like, making no. more idiots. Yeah, making more idiots. Falling over each other. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? That was Cletus, wasn't it? When Cletus had all the kids, was it or Lisa? When they had the vision in the Simpsons, when they had kids on the yeah, 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 Lisa had it, but it was yeah, it was Cletus and his all their heads together and yeah. fall out the window. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, there's I don't know, there's too many people out there. Just like don't get a third story apartment. Yeah, who should not be like procreating? They're just making oh. one loser kid after another. Brutal. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's harsh, man. Well, that's yeah, that's the sad reality. <laughs> well, I think what we're gonna do is we're going to uh, shut the first part of the podcast down. Okay. We're gonna watch a bunch of the fights, and we're gonna come back in a little bit and just update, and then maybe get you back if you're Gabby's free to come if back you, later. If you, if you're, if you would, if yeah. you Thanks kind, for having me. If you Thanks can kindly join us afterwards, crash. yeah, yeah, no problem. I mean, the crash is, you know, we kind of were there was somebody in our ear saying get Gabby into the podcast and get her on the camera. And, yeah. As yeah. long as I didn't crash and burn. No. You did not yeah. crash and burn. No. It was an invite. You were you were here for a reason. Yeah, you're, okay, you're always welcome. Yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. All right, we'll be back in a little bit.